0: hey buddy
1: hey it's nice talking to you at a decent hour of the day
0: yeah it's um... you know
1: i've been talking to friends who have uh, my friend eric henry called yesterday he was on a long drive through oregon to pick up a mountain bike and he'd listened to three or four episodes in a row and then yeah. just thought he'd give a call i was talking to a friend at a reading last night who listens to the podcast and brought up something and i don't know what they're talking about <laughs> I have no idea what they're talking about. Like, you know, when you said this, that whole bit. You know, you're really, you're really right. You know, John had it it's like no idea. I have no memory of uh, any podcast from the past. I think since we moved back to Seattle, um, and started doing them at uh,
0: um, routinely
1: seven, right? at six or seven in the morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. For works you fine
1: schedule wise, it works fine for me. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to sleep in today, but but uh, I'm saying I, I might. Um, this podcast may not be our best, but I may remember more of it <laughs>
0: because you're because you're alert and awake. I'm alert. For me, I, I I forget as soon as I post the thing, I forget everything we said, even in the middle of the day. So that um, friends refer to what we say on the podcast sometimes on Twitter, and um, and I'll say something like, you know, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> Like and in be, fact, be, spoke actually, about it eloquently for thirty minutes on the internet, yeah,, uh, and I listen to it. It's almost like it's almost like people are um, listening in on our our very thoughts
1: mm. don't you Someone love... beside the beside the government yeah, of course,
0: don't you yeah. like the use of the word very as a as an adjective? the very idea the very idea makes me yeah. very excited,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh How's everything going there? You got snow? Oh, Ed. Yeah. Still, we have this yeah. um there's this picnic table uh on our patio. Um that's very rickety. My father actually scowls at it when he comes to town because he doesn't like the notion of a of a thing that if someone tried to lean on or sit on might fall down. But um it's a fantastic uh snow Gauge, mm-hmm. so you can always tell how much snow there is on the ground by looking out the kitchen window at the uh, at the picnic table. And there's it's like a big it's like a big uh, white cake. Mm, it's like a big cake. fluffy cake sitting on top of the picnic table. And so I'm looking at it right now. There's two two feet of snow on it. And there's two feet. There's a two foot tower on the bird bath, and there's a two foot power tower on the um, charcoal grill. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And then on either side of our driveway, there is there are four or five six foot piles. Really? This, yeah. this is the most you've ever had. Um, this is the longest. No, but it's the longest we've gone without a thaw. We have not had one minute of of above freezing temperatures um since second week of January. Wow. So it literally there has not been any thaw in in well more than a month. And uh I I usually don't complain about the cold. I don't mind the cold so much. Um but this I what I mind is impediments to my free range of motion and um the snow is just absurd. And I I feel terrible for people in New England where it's even worse apparently. Yeah. Well, Oh, for and us, we're talking this, this about is the, the weather. Why? It's all right, okay. Because well, this is this for us. This
1: is the winter that winter never came.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, there's there's no snow. Nobody's skiing. There's no snow on the mountains. Very little snow in the mountains. Ski areas have very little or no snow. Uh, we'll walk around in t-shirts in the sunlight. It's a wonderful. It's like a June or July.
0: Yeah. Here for us. Wow, that's surprising. <laughs>
1: It is surprising. Um, apocalyptic? Yeah. So at least, I mean, we're getting the good side of the apocalypse out here.
0: All right. We're yeah. not then, I guess. Yeah. Well, unless, the good, the, unless you're in the, the middle. You're the, you're the mid-pocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe the other extreme is hellfire, in which case I'm yeah. happy to be covered in snow.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I know that you had a few topics that you'd like to... Discuss.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just grumpy. I could talk about right, But before grumpy.
1: before we get to your grumpy stuff, I'd I'd like to.
0: <laughs> I'm grumpy and craving uh, popcorn.
1: Do you? <laughs> so so what, if you get some popcorn, you'll be all right. You
0: think? Yeah, maybe. Actually, I should do that. I should do that after the podcast. What if? What if it's caramel popcorn?
1: Uh, well, that's you have the tin. You got a tin, and it's divided into three, but it's all the red popcorn?
0: <laughs> Those tins are Don't too even bother salty. to divide it? Too salty. Too salty. Go
1: too salty. They are too salty. Well, how do you, how do you expect them to, to stay fresh after five
0: years? <laughs> That's right. They're, they're cured. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like a, a, you know, artisanal dried popcorn. Yeah. Like a Serrano ham.
0: The, the, it's the cod of popcorn. A Parma.
1: Parma corn. <laughs> okay, um, what were you going to say? So I got to Spotify this week. I started using Spotify.
0: Yeah, you a know, I've mean, Kansas friends use it. too. It, yeah, it is
1: fantastic. It is really? fantastic. It has... Um, I've been listening to things that I uh, wouldn't otherwise be listening to. I don't think I've heard... I don't think I've listened to anything actually that you would really call good?
0: <laughs> yeah, no. No, you wouldn't have. But a lot of pleasure listening. What, all a right, of, explain a lot what of, the difference.
1: Well, I've started I've started a, a Spotify uh, a playlist that a Spotify user can follow. Mhm. Um, by searching for Lunchbox comma with, with Ed and John. Okay. And let me take a look at it. I believe, yes, it still just has one song on it, and it's uh, Matthew Wilder's song, uh, 1984, Break My Stride. (laughs) Okay. From from the album that is not called Break My Stride, but it's called I Don't Speak the Language, Yeah, which I listen to the the rest of the album so that you don't have to, Um, (laughs) and I think we'll just stick with Break My Stride. Um, but I'll add wow. more things to the to the playlist as, as So this uh, shit
0: is asking me to sign well. up so I can't I can't see this. but could you uh, send me the link and I'll put it in the notes for people who've done this. I, I, I think I ought to do this. I think I ought to I think I ought to get on the get on the Spotify. Here's my here's the reason I haven't. Here's the reason I haven't do, I, I don't do any streaming services and why I remain old school, old man guy who owns uh, a bunch of music and it's it's canonically on a computer and on a record shelf in my house thank you for sending that um and it's that the main time i would want to listen to streaming music um would be in my car or when i'm walking to work and i would just drain my data yeah and i don't i don't just sort of ambiently listen to music at home most of the time so it it seems to me that I and I already have like a like twenty albums that I bought that I still haven't listened to. I just as, as, it's getting it's getting back as backlog oh, as my books. I understand. So the, how how the how book. would I how do you recommend that I if I were to sign up for Spotify how would I uh, integrate it into my life?
1: Well, one thing you do is you can get a little like twenty dollar uh, Bluetooth speaker with a suction cup, and you can hide it all over the house. And suddenly and surprise people with music um, um, okay. at various times that they're not <laughs> expecting it. And in order to really surprise somebody in that way, say when they're going down looking for something in the garage or <laughs> going into the bathroom, um, is, is you need to pick the right song for that moment, which, if you have to go through you know your record collection and yeah yeah, be thoughtful and then cue up the needle and you know. Sprinkle the oil over the, the vinyl, and <laughs> comb it free of dust.
0: What kind of oil is this?
1: is that some sort of oil you put on records? Or is it cleaning con- fluid, right?
0: Are you confusing it with baptism? I am not confusing
1: it with them. I'm just saying they're one and the same. I'm, one's not a metaphor for the other. You put the baby in the river, and then it's a, it's, it's a, it's a laborious process. Gone. And I think that yeah. if you have Spotify, you can just say as your as your partner is going down into the scary uh, <laughs> garage uh, where you placed the speaker uh, ten minutes before she went down there, and suddenly starts playing "Break My Stride," um,
0: <laughs>
1: then you've got something on your hands that's different from your other other audio experiences. So this uh, that's so a peppy for me, and Spotify I love that and the portable and the portable speaker are, are, are hand in hand. Okay, so I'm you know, operating it from my phone, and it's feeling—it's one of the few things of new media and high techness that I am truly enjoying without any reservation.
0: Okay, that's that's a ringing endorsement from, from you, f- fellow middle aged man. And yeah. I, I I was contemplating that very thing So I was talking to a friend of mine who's a um, friend of mine who's younger than me. And she has a sister who is younger still than, than she. And the sister is all streaming all the time. Uh, and my friend Laurel is on the cusp. You know, she's got a music collection, but she combines it with streaming. Um, but I, th- I think that's a thing that you can do, right? Like Spotify will also draw from whatever is on your phone as well. So
1: Yeah, it seems to uh, shake hands with iTunes and everything automatically, um, shake hands with iTunes. Yeah,
0: but I but I do feel like it's a it's a it it was a big step for me to just rip all my music and get rid of CDs and a and a relief I must say. I mean, I still like records, not just for sentimental reasons, but for aesthetic ones. Like it's fun it's yeah. fun to like get to look at liner liner notes in a big game
1: and you and them. you have the space for them. You have the space yeah. for them.
0: But um, compact discs were always ugly. I'd never. You know, when we first moved into this house and I put up the CD shelves, Rain just took one look at him and said, "Why? Why do we have a wall of plastic in our home?" Yeah. And I had to admit, I just did not know the answer to that. Um, but it was it, it, it was a a, th- a kind of difficult thought experiment for me to virtualize my music collection. And now the model has changed again. You yeah. don't even have a music collection now. You're. Um, You're depending on the music to be hosted by other people elsewhere, and then you just access it.
1: Yeah, or I don't know. I'm I'm not giving. I'm not throwing anything away. I'm Uh, using it as a as a fuel additive to my musical shenanigans. Um, It's just it's 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 so easy. It doesn't have everything, but it has a lot more than I have, and it has more than uh, it's better audio. I don't know. It's better audio quality. It's more reliable than uh, YouTube, which is sort of where I go. Now, if I just want to find some song, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. if I I'm don't if want to I'm in the middle
0: much. of a band practice and we decide we want to cover something, we'll just open up the computer and listen to it right. on YouTube.
1: Now there are two YouTube clips that I want to recommend to you. Okay, one of them is any version of "Break My Stride" um, because it has both. both the original vi- video is fine, and the Solid Gold performance is oh. Tasty. Um, but also, as I sent you in an email, uh, there's a, a video of Dick Clark interviewing Matthew Wilder, um, okay. which gives you lots of close-ups of the Matthew Wilder. Um, okay, hold on. And, and his band. And Dick Clark's mystification at some of the slightly strange instruments that they're playing, as if Dick Clark has never been around musical instruments before, as of 1984. Well,
0: he's he came up in an era when music um, was was uh, oh no no that's the opposite. And musical instruments are over now. They he he supposedly grew up in an era when there were musical instruments. He should know what they look like. He shouldn't be surprised.
1: He looked really shocked by some of these things. <laughs> um, Man, you know it's, what? It's, it's I, tremendous. I, I, it's tremendous. No, go ahead. I'll, I just wanted I'm to so say sorry. there is a point when Dick Clark asks Matthew Wilder if he has any advice. And that advice is, don't let anybody
0: break your stride. (laughs) Have you been listening to what I was just telling you? You know, Dick, I do have one piece of advice. (laughs) Maybe it's going to sound a little familiar to you, Dick. (laughs) Can you guess what it is? That's right. Don't break your fucking stride.
1: I just spit my coffee out all over the dishwasher. Oh my! God. Oh dear! <laughs> that was good. You made me spit my coffee.
0: Well, I really, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good yuck. Uh, the Matthew Wilder website, by the way, is not an easy load. It's taking its sweet old time.
1: Very small type. He was a. Uh, <laughs> if you, if you look. If you follow it, you'll find that he started out as a uh, part of a folk singing duo in Washington Square in the the Greenwich Village folk scene, called a group called Matthew <laughs> and Peter. <in> the 70s. <laughs> yeah. and then he moved to Los Angeles, uh, where he was a background singer for Ricky Lee Jones, and sings on. He's one of the background singers in Chuck E's in Love. Oh, really? Which is a great song, and I think yeah. some excellent background singing. And he might, but Brianna, don't, you don't, know mean,
0: don't you mean? Don't you mean? Back up singing.
1: Back up. I like think it is deep background singing. <laughs> it's backup singing if you're singing along with the song. It's background singing if you are just having to be within range of the microphone and you're singing some other song. Some background singing. Oh, <laughs> uh, back up singing.
0: Well, okay, so there he is and um Well, I guess as people do, he's aged. Oh dear, has he? Yeah, he looks like one of Willie Nelson ish.
1: mm, Looks more like one of the uh, monsters from the Scientology movie. (laughs) (laughs) He looks. It looks like a a king getting ready for battle. Bring me my armor. No, you're too old (laughs) to go into battle. Bring me my sword one more time. (laughs) To me. (laughs) <laughs> to me, Matthew Wilder No one shall break my stride To your king, none shall break our stride The stride <laughs> of our kingdom shan't be broken On this day this Day should be known as Don't break my stride day The day that none broke our strides <laughs> no stride was broken.
0: What are all? Oh, okay. This I just went to his uh, music page, and it's covered with pretty girls. But I realize that he has written songs for these young women, or has produced their records.
1: So. He. It turns out he produced, uh, wrote a lot of the songs for the uh, Hannah Montana. Yeah, uh, program of Miley Cyrus and the music, but I don't think the songs for Mulan. If I'm reading and what he's writing Selena carefully, Gomez I think, yeah, so, so you go, Matthew Wilder.
0: Yeah, so he's uh, he's a going concern.
1: I'm not seeing any stride breaking.
0: Wait, wait, except wait. Except with his own, record? his own personal recording.
1: His own personal recording career faltered between like the Monday and the Friday of recording the album.
0: <laughs> um, I, I loved that song. I loved it.
1: Breaking My Stride? It
0: was, it was so peppy.
1: Wikipedia describes it as an, a new wave reggae song. Uh, I don't think it's not it's neither. It's neither.
0: I mean uh, I, I no. don't think so. I don't think so. No, and we have
1: we have friends who listen to the podcast who would I think also dispute that description and that I mean people have worked in record stores where do you put aside from just rock and where it also does not belong. But if you were subdividing it, where would you put it? I don't know.
0: Pop. It's pop.
1: It is pop.
0: I mean, it's, could it be anything else? <laughs> you don't think um, it's reggae?
1: Wikipedia says it's, it's reggae, John. It's less.
0: It's, uh, it's less rock than Men at Work, and it's, it's like it's...
1: Snoop Lion. <laughs> Snoop Lion. Snoop Lion and Devo got Other together.
0: acts who modern not English. Be broken
1: and. Uh, a certain era of Joe Jackson and
0: uh,
1: Ziggy Marley got together. If you, you, if, you uh, if
0: you if you if you uh, um land from down land down under, you might get break my stride.
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Same band, yeah. I think. Yeah, same band. If you look in the video, you'll see at least in solid gold, he's standing behind a keyboard or a synthesizer, but he looks like. Um, uh, like an old person driving. He's not a very big man, not a tall man. Like he just barely
0: <laughs> clears the top of the keyboard. Uh, okay, let's see which. Oh, all these videos are of the are, are of the girls he's producing. So that I don't know where that video is, but um, should, yeah, you'd, you'd. the. All right, you get. You sent me. You sent me. Um, the Dick Clark the Dick Clark you, thing. But.
1: You have the Dick Clark interview and also the page on the matthewwildermusic.com um, with, yeah, but with that him singing worked, background right? for um for Ricky Lee who yeah. now lives in New Orleans and is uh, acquainted with Oh here, gallery. Uh, some of our friends down there. Oh yeah. And in the sense I think she like brings a you know like a, a mug of tea over and sits on the porch
0: and talks. Yeah, I'm having I'm having issues with this website. But anyway, um yeah, that that tune that tune was a big part of my um my uh, adolescence. It's a good tune. 1984. I... Yeah. The age at which my maturity level was frozen forever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um mine too. So, Spotify, that's this is one of the things that Spotify can can do for you. <laughs>
0: thank you i will i will I will enable it i'll uh, initiate it
1: brings you back to songs and records that you know very well would not even begin to permit into your own collection or pay for, but you want really yeah. badly to hear yeah and not just for yeah. n- not, and not merely for nostalgic reasons, but you want to re-listen to them because um, because there's something it's not nostalgia that brings me back to it. It's, it's a memory that there's something that I'm missing from it. Some, uh, some mystery of, of why, of what it was, and did it really exist? And did it do that one thing at that one point? And in break my stride there, it does go into a, I don't know what's doing, what a, a musical Scientologist would say, but, um, but somebody who studies music as a science, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, does it uh, Does it become modal At some point or go into a different It does a, a
0: key change in, Is that what you're talking about in It can, becomes
1: disharmon, dis, disharmonious At a certain point Yeah yeah. Is it a key change or is it just a, a, Goes to a minor Maybe where it's been going uh, to a major
0: No, We have um, uh. There's a new, a new song uh, that our band is playing that um, it, I wrote it in one key. And then I, after we played it a few times, I've actually, this is very rare for me, I actually volunteered that the, the notion that there should be a key change for the last chorus or the last verse, which I thought was big of me, really, um, because I'm very lazy. And I, I don't like to learn a whole extra set of, because when you, when you when you do the key change, you, right. you're playing the same you're playing the same chord progression, but in another key, and there are no none of the chords are similar. Like if you've ever tried to play uh, "Cheap Tricks Surrender," um, and that one's even worse because it's not even a whole step up; it's a half step up several different times. So right. you know the entire the entire like uh, geography of the guitar is changed by by these changes. So. Uh, I, I avoid them just out of laziness and I because I'm a mediocre guitarist and I can't wrap my brain around these things without looking at, like, a cheat sheet.
1: I think it's it's more than just uh, playing the instrument. It is something you're... It's asking a lot of your brain to do a key change. Yeah. I think it's a player and it's and a listener.
0: Um, yeah, and my brain it, is, a, my a, brain has other things to do. It's a powerful tool, yeah. yeah. My brain is busy, uh, you know... Worrying about my appearance, um, whether I'm I'm too old to be doing what I'm doing, you know, uh, um, wh- whether I'll get to go to bed soon, <laughs> you know. So I think that the dwelling on key changes
1: would be helpful. To put I don't those want other to things Yeah, I don't want to think. Okay, if it's moment. an
0: yeah, if it's an F sharp major, but to begin with, now it's a G sharp major, and then the next one, you know. So I, so I. Um, I I volunteered this. I came to practice. I was like, you know what? We're doing this last verse in another key. There should be a key change there. And within seconds, Adam, our bass player, and the the key change, the, mm. the key change freak, said, "You know, actually, multiple key changes. Multiple key changes. There should be a key change before the guitar solo. The guitar solo should be the song. the The first two thirds of the song are in E." The guitar solo should be in F sharp, and then the last verse should be in G sharp. And I, you know, I didn't want to do that, but he was right. It de- it definitely sounds better now. It definitely sounds. And then I had to create this uh, connective tissue to lead one key to the next, and it involved like sticking a, a, this totally modal chord in the middle of uh, out there, and you know, where it's the kind of thing where you suddenly you're suddenly like, what what just happened? But I think that's a good thing. But i i I thought I I thought I was ahead of the game. I thought I had I thought I had uh, defeated my own laziness, but I hadn't. You got Steely dan <laughs> I did. You got Steely dan Speaking of rock and roll, um, this is this is the thing that got me. One of the things that's gotten me thinking about this: uh, what is wrong with people? Is really the is really the theme of this topic. They expect too
1: much or too little?
0: It, it, well, I, I think habitually people do expect too much or want, you know, people are, well, that's, I think that's reasonable. People want to get whatever they can out of an interaction. And um, I don't, I don't blame them for that. But what it drives me nuts is people's incapacity to even say what they want to begin with, you know? Um, even though they know. Yeah, well, maybe they know, but they're afraid to say so. Or in the case of me wanting something from someone else, all right, this uh, is—we're trying to get gigs for our last couple of months together, and uh, we've never had trouble getting gigs before. But all of a sudden, we can't get any shows. Um, No one is returning the emails, and when they do, they're being very cryptic. Um, You know, come up with dates when everyone can make it, and another band from out of town is going to join us, and we have it all set up, and we say, "Okay, let's book it." And then the club, the person running the club, says, "Okay, well, do you have any have any backup dates?" And then Back I updates. say, um, "We don't have backup dates. The band is breaking up. Uh, this would be our, you know, this would be our final show. Uh, can we just book it?" And this, at this point, th- this at this point, I think a uh, a fair communicator would say. Here's the situation. That's a big weekend for us. I would like to get a man that would fill the room. And last time you guys played, you did not fill the room. So give me two more weeks to try to book somebody else. Uh, and if I don't, you can have that date. Sorry, I have to make you wait. Right? Because thats I'm sure that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But instead, there's just no answer. There's just no... Like, any kind of direct question results in a complete shutdown. Of and this is not this is not you
1: trying to get a gig in Minnesota on your in your van on your way to the West Coast. This is these are venues that you know, yeah, and are a patron of.
0: Yeah, we played at that. that we, yeah. we have this is where our our crowd is not a huge crowd, but
1: you're not trying to play the booby trap in Topeka, Kansas on your way through. No, and you've got. Forty different gigs you're trying to line up, and you and everybody else are just blanketing with with questions. In which case, I would understand the booker ignoring,
0: yeah. choosing to ignore yeah.
1: people. No, but these, these are, are people that you that uh, you've interacted with before.
0: We're a known, we are, we're a known element, and uh, the, the you know there are a couple other places that are doing the same thing. You know, just. A, you know people is it actually... toby is toby in charge? <laughs> yeah, That's probably it. It could be an interfamily
1: sort of thing. It could that's be a it. clean your room and also book my band. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like um but I'm one finding other this pops. Um, book my band. Um but the but the main way this is like I I, I just don't I You know, there's 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 one club where we want to play an acoustic show, and they are, and I see them a couple times a week because it's a bar that I always go to, and they're super nice. And they wrote back and said, you know, immediately when I followed up, uh, sorry that I didn't get back to you. Here's why: got to have this meeting with these people. I'll get back to you in a week or two. Perfectly fine, you know. Um, But this kind of, I think there's the when when it comes time for people to make some kind of judgment. You know, like, or in the case of er- earlier in my publishing career, um, I have never been dumped from. Well, once I was dumped from a publishing house in a classy way. Um, I actually had an editor write to me and say, uh, "I really want this is mailman. I really want this book. Um, I'm glad I published your last book, but uh, marketing just won't let me buy it." And I totally understand that you'll you're going to go to another publisher now. I mean, it was super. Super chill, super respectful. Um, but, you know, my the other two times, my first publisher, my editor, um, just sat on the book for months without responding and ignored calls from my agent. And it's clear that right off the bat, she knew she wasn't going to publish it. Right? But she just didn't want to deal with it. So finally what she did was she called me at like 11 in the morning and said, John, it's Editor X. I'm on my way to the doctor. I can't talk. But I want you to know that you don't want this to be your next book. It's too weird. And we're not going to publish it. All right, got to go. On my way to the doctor. I have a doctor's appointment. Can't talk for long. It's like, well, you could have called me half an hour before the doctor's appointment and treated me like a professional. And that was on the night plane, which uh, someone else eventually published. Uh, or when my British publisher uh, dumped me, it—they just—they I never heard word one. It all came through the agent. This is somebody who, um, you know, I'd gone overseas to visit with, hung out, rode in taxis together. You know, was was pledged uh, undying love to, for, from. You uh, jo- you were
1: members of a tontine. A what? A tontine? What's a tontine? It would be it would suggest a level of intimacy, it's like a group yeah. of friends who join a thing, and the, the last person to die gets all their money.
0: <laughs> I, I like that. It's,
1: it's, it's an old old world expression of intimacy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, it's it was something along those lines. It was a it was a professional friendship, uh, and one that there was a time when I could have the shoe was on the other foot, and I could have I could have fled this professional relationship and. Uh, you know, made assurances that I wouldn't. Uh, and if you, you know, and if you can't buy my book, that's fine, but just, you know, ha- have a conversation with me about it. Like, say, here's, you know, I'm not buying this book, and here's why. Instead, it's just like hiding under a rock and letting someone else give the bad news and then never speaking to the person again, which right. is utterly bewildering to me. So, and life is, life is short. Yeah.
1: So these sorts of things actually impinge on your ability to do other things.
0: Yeah. Yes, very much so. Move on
1: to the next... Noveler.
0: exactly, right. and I, I mean it's you know I don't think these people are thinking about me specifically at all. I I can take it, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry and and rend my garments or anything, uh, but they don't know that about me probably. So, um, but you know I get it would be, a lot it'd be of, hard to rend
1: that hoodie. No, hard, this is this is a tough a hard, hoodie. A hard
0: hoodie to rend. <laughs> yeah, with <laughs> with speaking of hits of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, Chicago hit a hard hoodie to rend
1: oh I might go down a Chicago Spotify wormhole just because you said that really I think that Chicago would be an appropriate use of
0: Spotify they have a lot of albums and you can tell how many because, because, because they're numbered to <laughs> conveniently enough
1: what are we up to now like Chicago 73
0: I have no idea we have to I gotta find out <laughs> Um, Chicago disambiguation, <laughs> <laughs> Chicago band. Um, but yeah, I I found since you know people. Uh, so once again, people do not know that my job as director of creative writing at at uh, the university where I teach, they don't don't realize that it's not a a position of great power. It's just you know I'm the faculty member who's agreed to do it for that for that time mm-hmm. for that interval. But um. But they still
1: they expect you to to wield power on their behalf, probably yeah. often in a, in a hurry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and of course yeah. I do I do that, and that's that's why it's that's the reason it's personal. today. <laughs> we need this today. We need some power wielding. So yeah, um, this very afternoon. Uh, by the way, we are up to <laughs> Chicago thirty six.
1: Chicago thirty six. Is that true? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, although the great,
1: they the great, the great Chicago dis- okay. disambiguation of <laughs> 2015.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is strange. It goes from Chicago 19. Okay, is so it goes. Chicago tra- Transit Authority was the first record, and then we get two, three, five, six, seven, eight, ten, eleven, hot streets. 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19, tw- 21, which is not Chicago number 21. It's the no- the word 20 and then the number one. Right, but they I-
1: renamed that one. They, re- they renamed that one Cesar Chavez.
0: <laughs> they should. No, I bet that's a collection of hits. I bet that's a bunch of number one hits. And then. Night and Day Big Band, which is presumably 22. And then suddenly we get Chicago 25, the Christmas album. So what's that all about?
1: 25th? 25th of
0: December? I may, Yeah, maybe. And then the next studio album is Chicago 30.
1: Or, or Chicago XXX.
0: XXX, yeah. And then... Yeah. 32, 33, then 35. Oh, 33 is Oh Christmas 3. <laughs> oh, oh Christmas 3. And then, <laughs> right. Good job, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Whoever, must whoever's have, left that we would designate
1: as being Chicago. There must Good have job. been
0: another Christmas album in there. I, I have no idea. And then uh, the latest album, which came out last year, Chicago 26, Now. Yeah. Chicago 26 now. (laughs) I haven't thought about
1: Chicago in a long time, John. Yeah, well.
0: Taking it all in. Thanks to me and Spotify, it's the only thing you're going to be thinking about for the next, I don't know how long. Uh, So, yeah. Does anybody anybody really know what time it is? (laughs) It's a good question. And it hasn't been adequately answered. It really hasn't been explored to its fullest. Yeah. Did wow, you get my P- Tontine description? Yeah, let me go. Uh, let me go click it.
1: I, I bet Chicago. The members of the band Chicago are in a Tontine. A,
0: <laughs> you think?
1: I think? That's why they they've stayed together. Eventually, members of a Tontine start killing each other. Oh. At least in Agatha Christie mysteries.
0: Man alive! I, I, my version. Is there like a key combination that allows you to see the um the file exchange window? Because the only way I can I seem able to able to see it is if I se- if I try to send you something.
1: Oh, well, I don't know. Right I'm here. not a Skype Scientologist. Okay, here we go. Tontine.
0: Yeah, an investment plan for raising capital devised in the 17th century and relatively widespread in the 18th and 19th. It combines features of a group annuity and a lottery. Each subscriber pays an agreed sum into the fund and thereafter receives an annuity. As members die, their shares devolve to the other participants, and so the value of each annuity increases. On the death of the last member, the scheme is wound up. What does that mean? It's wound who gets, up? Like, who gets the rest of the money though, the, the last person? So they give the it survivor. to they get to give it to their families or whomever they like. I think they get the whole pot. Yeah, There's secret family in Cleveland gets it.
1: Secret families get uh, three fifths.
0: <laughs> good. That's that's a pretty good amount for the secret family. <laughs> well, they've had to put up with a lot. <laughs> that's the the known family only gets forty percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so but in well, I, my, uh, <laughs> I uh in my capacity as director, people write to me asking for various kinds of favors, uh or audiences with me for something. And what is happening is they want something. They think that I can they think that I can do something for them that I probably can't. Um, but they don't want to say
1: Bureaucratic hey, things, right? Like uh
0: but, uh, out, out of some
1: requirements or...
0: No, no, no. That kind of thing. Like, oh, yeah. There's all sorts of like... I'm not talking about students. Like, students always want you to sign stuff. And oh, not Not that kind of thing. I've, I'm happy to do that, of course. But um, uh-huh. I just people from outside the university oh, are coming through town and they mysteriously want yeah. an audience with me. And it's not like... Uh, it's, it's not a thing that I've done with other writers, which is like, uh, I like your writing and I'm coming to your town and I want to meet you. I'm going to give a reading. Would you like to meet? And in that manner, I've met. A bunch of writers, which is, I think, fine. But this is more like, it's clear they just want something, um, but they don't ask for it. Instead, they give some kind of convoluted explanation for why it's in my benefit to have an audience with them. That doesn't make any sense. And then I write back and say, hi, I don't know what you want.
1: It's hard for me to say I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Are you going to only speak in Chicago titles
1: Random (laughs) ones at (laughs) that.
0: But I really really feel that we all would get along better and could get more of the things done that we want to get done and be happier as a people if we were to just say what we want and what we don't want at any given time. I'm I'm not opposed to a white lie now and then to preserve someone's feelings. And even if I know when someone is giving me a white lie for that reason... My I can take it, I feel like I feel like uh they have my best interests at heart by not wanting to hurt me, but you know, for the most part, you know, I want you to blurb my book that's what i'm that's what I'm asking you. I want you to blurb my book. Will you do it? We have no connection whatsoever, and I have a book and it's not published yet, and I either want you to blurb it or I want you to read it and give me advice on it for free or I want you to tell me who to send it to, perhaps someone you know who is influential. But they don't say those things.
1: Because they know that the answer is probably going to be no.
0: But why do they think that the answer...
1: Charm. Magic. <laughs> if, they, if, you, if, they understand, <laughs> if they understand how important... If they get you to understand what a good person they are and how much it means to them... <laughs> then you'll do it, and then if and if you because some people are charming, yeah, and some people can move you with how um, how pleasant they are, and then you you agree to do some sort of favor, and then um, they turn on you <laughs> when it's not done hastily enough. <laughs> Say you're changing your baby's diaper on the ground an outdoor concert in a mountain resort.
0: Let's just say. For example. Where's my blurb? Oh, God. Yeah, we're back to that, I guess.
1: That's just one of the things that could happen <laughs> in this wild and wacky world that we live in, John.
0: <laughs> so how do you make popcorn, Ed? What's your popcorn method?
1: Jill makes, Jill makes popcorn. <laughs>
0: That's your method? That's it?
1: Yeah, good. Um, but she just makes it in a pot, in a, in a um, uh, sauce pot. No, it's larger than a sauce. What's larger than a, like a, you know, a terrine? Like a two quart, two quart uh, just, pan. She or, cooks
0: or or it in a, in a tontine, I think.
1: She, she gets a <laughs> copper tontine. So she just does it and shakes it around. I like, um, I like. Popcorn machines. I like a. I like a little a little popper with a, the the butter dish yeah. on top. Yeah, they, they melt and burn down dorms. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes at colleges, you'll see an entire. You'll see a little plaque like, "This is where Darlington Hall stood," uh, <laughs> until the great <laughs> air popping disaster. We lost the entire class <laughs> of nineteen. The entire class of nineteen ninety two was killed.
0: So, do you have one of these? Do You have no. a machine of this. I don't. Know. I don't think they're legal. I think they're like lawn darts. <laughs> they're like switchblade knives. <laughs> yeah, switchblade
1: combs. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, Joe. When you make popcorn, you just put. You just use a pot with, pot with a lid. lid. A lid's the important part. You put yeah. a little bit of oil in. You don't have a lid. Yeah, you need a lid.
0: <laughs> Thanks, you want, Joe.
1: With a lid. Yeah. <laughs> Put in like a tablespoon of oil. Uh, a cup of uh, popcorn. No. Half a cup. Quarter cup. Quarter cup. Two cups her, of pop, Two her, cups of popcorn. She's
0: deeply, clearly, deeply reluctant to be a part of this conversation. She she's doesn't running want to be a part of this podcast. She doesn't want to be sued by anyone who burns their house down. <laughs> but I, for the record, I am on Team Jill. Uh, I use the I use the pan for a while. Use we the just, lid. Use the lid method. Yeah, the lid method. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, for a while we were just microwaving popcorn. We bought a microwave. Oh, the smell! I, well, if it burns, it's the worst smell in the world. But if it doesn't, it's it's all right. But uh, the face you're making, oh God, <sighs> poor guy, I'm sorry. I feel like a sad cowboy.
1: <laughs> Rustlers. <laughs> <laughs> Rustlers. I was looking. I was looking off in the distance and seeing rustlers in my little cowboy fantasy. It's the same feeling that I get from microwave popcorn smell.
0: Yeah. Any any puff of dust on the horizon, you get uh, you get the lizard brain showing you rustlers. Rustlers. Uh, Carl
1: Adamshik is here in your house. In my house, on my couch. Let me see. He's been here the whole time alive? he says he's alive but i don't i don't believe it
0: carl adam schick to our listeners um may know him as a poet and he's gonna be an panky before too long that's right he's a great slated poet. to appear uh, on great panky.
1: poet from portland oregon originally so he's, have... he, he's in the hall of fame of uh, his high school in harvard illinois
0: is he one of these people who, all, what he wanted from you was to sleep on your couch. He's, he wanted to come to your house and fall asleep on your sofa, but he just couldn't couldn't come out and say it. He couldn't say, I want you for your sofa. No, I said, I'm
1: coming up the 21st, can I sleep on your sofa?
0: <laughs> all right. See, that's the kind of rhetoric that I that makes sense to me.
1: He took the train. Yeah. Which is, here's the charming thing about his being able to take the train up to, to from Portland to Seattle, is that his office, he's a uh, co-founder and editor of uh, publisher of Tavern Books, a fine small uh, poetry press um, in Portland is their is in the train station in Portland. Wow. So he just goes downstairs and takes the train. Wow. From his labors of, I don't know, pushing poetry books around.
0: There's something, uh... I don't know what it does. There's something uh, evocative, uh, metaphorically uh, f- uh, resonant about The Time Traveler Poetry Press in the train station. Uh, yeah.
1: He should have a cravat.
0: <laughs> is is there a is it like a poetry Hogwarts? Is it between uh, between two uh lines?
1: Yeah, it is, yeah. It's a uh, uh, 67 and a half. Is the train. <laughs> It's here. It's. it's, it's uh, if they have any trouble, there's a Pegasus that comes in.
0: <laughs> Get on the train to the world of imagination.
1: It's a nice little train ride. Goes up the Columbia for a while, and then
0: yeah,
1: uh, goes through the uh, towns of Chehalis, Centralia, rolls on into Olympia,
0: wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, pulls on into. Trains always pull on into things in songs.
0: <laughs>
1: Pulls on into Tacoma, goes around the bend, <laughs> Sidles on into Seattle, right on time.
0: What, what, what would a train not do in a song? What verbs are not applicable to trains and songs? Is the question I have for you.
1: I'll give you a list. Uh, <laughs> a train in a song should never uh, prevaricate. do <laughs> oh, prevaricate, number forty nine. <laughs> Um they shouldn't um, implode. <laughs>
0: Alright. <all> right. <laughs> unless
1: unless it's a space train.
0: Yeah. Unless it's unless it is drifting to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. It's in the middle oh, trench. That's, there is yeah, at a certain depth the train would implode. <laughs> that's a song that I think I'm gonna have to write. <laughs> there's other songs
1: of this this is a genre of, of trains going into bodies of water. <laughs> really? I think there's got to be right. It must happen.
0: It's <laughs> wishful thinking, I think.
1: Yeah, that's the name of the song. <laughs>
0: that's
1: the name of the album of the anthology of.
0: I like the going idea that the, the train there's a train in the first line, and then the second line, and then you're just waiting for it to pull on into someplace. Yeah. And uh, instead, second line <laughs> off the track, <laughs> <laughs> off the pontoon bridge, and right down into the lake. And uh, the whole song is about its slow descent and eventual implosion.
1: Yeah, trains should never gnarl <laughs>
0: or warp. Knarl? Gnarl,
1: gnarl, G N A R L. Oh, gnarl! Yeah, yeah. Gnarl, like gnarl. Adam shake <laughs> Trains should never. Uh... Is
0: that his snowboarder name? Do we all have snowboarder names in the literary yeah. world?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mine's uh, Flammy.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, God.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of other things that trains ought not do in songs. But pulling on into things is, is what is what good trains do. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Late last evening in pouring rain, round the curb came old freight train. Riding that train was old Bill Jones. Tired old hobo trying to get home, just a trying to get home. Just trying to get home. Tired old hobo trying to get home.
0: Wait, does a hobo have a home?
1: He's uh, trying to get home.
0: Yeah, but he, he doesn't have one.
1: Old Bill Jones said before he died, <laughs> two more things I'd like to try. Everybody wondered what things they could be. It was a cool glass of water and a hot cup of tea and a hot cup of tea. Hot cup of tea. Cool glass of water and a hot cup of tea. do 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 do
0: This doesn't sound like a guy
1: with a house. Well, Bill He's Jones right. does not have a home. No. Well, he dies. His he home is his home oh, is. Oh, does uh, he get
0: the tea in the water? No. The two things he would like to try.
1: These
0: are cool reasonable, water and hot tea. reasonable requests, in my view.
1: Yeah, but not if. You, are you a hobo? <laughs>
0: well, I
1: mean, you're dressed like a hobo, yeah. but you, um, you know. Uh, I think it speaks to the difficulty of of. Uh, of achieving the sort of basic comforts of home when you're living in the hobo jungle.
0: Yeah. I gather that that was the, um, I gather that that was the meaning of the, of the lyrics. <laughs> so what uh, oil I use in popcorn, making popcorn is increasing. Some of that record oil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little baptismal <laughs> record oil. Uh, <laughs> um, is uh what the hell is it called is uh coconut oil it's the kind that it, at room temperature it's uh solid and it has a very very low melting point and pretty much e- just you apply it even to a, a, a like you put it in the pot as a solid you sort of scrape it up it's kind of soapy and you put it in the in the pan and pretty much the second you turn on the flame, it starts to melt. And then it starts to smoke immediately. Um, so it seems like something is going horribly wrong. But then you dump in the kernels and you shake them. And, you know, and it's got a real movie theater flavor to it. There's something special mm. about coconut oil. I f- mm. I, in fact, I heard about coconut oil on another podcast and tried it out and agree that it is. It really belongs on our podcast. So I'm moving... I'm moving this discussion from that podcast to this podcast. Oh, very good, very good. Yeah.
1: What what song from um, "Pretty Music for Pretty People" uh, by the Dead Milkmen? The new album belongs on our playlist, John. All right, let me
0: let me hold on. I'll get my uh, let me get my uh, record album of it. They're great titles.
1: I've listened to it, but I, had, I guess I didn't listen to the titles. So the titles are part of the songs.
0: I actually think there are fewer songs on this. Oh,
1: record. I know which one. I think one of the great Boston molasses flood.
0: Oh, that's not on the vinyl. That's a good no? tune, though. No, it's a good. It's a good one. Um, uh, the sun turns our patio into a lifeless hell is another favorite of mine on the on the record, but um, it's on the playlist. Yeah, oh, make it witchy. Make it make witchy. It witchy, yeah. Make it witchy is good. This album way. is really good. If you liked The Milkmen when you were, you know, 16, you'll like this too. They're they're firing on all cylinders. It's a good album.
1: If I had um if I had a, a song called Firing on All Cylinders and Dick Clark asked me if I had any advice, <laughs> I think that I would I think that I would be able to answer that question. Dick
0: <laughs> You know, Dick Clark.
1: <laughs>
0: I uh What do you think? Do you think I'm gonna tell you that you should fire on one cylinder? Just one <laughs> You think I'm gonna say this to
1: stay off drugs and stay off school and
0: <laughs>
1: Or uh what's that? No, it's not Dick Clark who says, uh, it was Casey Kasem's. What was his piece of advice? <laughs> keep your feet on the
0: ground and keep reaching for the stars.
1: <laughs> I think, did, did Dick Clark leave this world without giving us any advice?
0: I think, you know, I think he was a yoga instructor the whole time. That's what that's all yeah. about. Yeah. His, <laughs> his advice is the stony silence of his death. <laughs> Why can't he just say what he means? (laughs) Because he's dead. (laughs) What is with these dead people, Ed?
1: Fire on on all cylinders, Dick Clark, is what I would say. (laughs) Look here, Dick Clark. What I want you to do is take your cylinders, fire them all. Fire on all of them. Fire on all your cylinders, Dick Clark. Leave no cylinder unfired. (laughs) And have a pleasant tomorrow.
0: Thanks, by the way, for isolating uh, the cliche that I uttered and repeating it <laughs> nine or ten times over, over three minutes. That's how you make a pop song, John. That's how you make a popcorn, Ed. Mm-hmm. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch, box with Ed and John. That's right, it's time for lunch, box with Ed and John.